0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to part two of the Who Are You podcast by BiotropicLabs.com. We're doing the Raleigh Hager Ballad here. you got to check it out. Listen to part one if you haven't. It's an amazing story of a woman who is a world-class wake surfing champion at only 10 years old who fell into eight years of bipolar hell, or did she? And then worked her way out of that right on back to reality. Got to check it out. Listen to part one for context and jump on in here if you've already heard part one, and let's get to it everybody, thanks for coming back again. Uh, I've got Raleigh Hager here and we're going to do part two of this uh, really crazy story of three people in one. Uh, Raleigh, the world-class athlete, wake surfer, uh, the drop into bipolarism. And and what I think is the most amazing story in the world is the the way she got out of it. And this is really where I want to go here. So uh, another podcast by Biotropic Labs. Who are you? And let's get into who she is here. So Raleigh, Thanks for being here again. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. We're going to pick up right where we left off, okay? All right. You ready for that? Yes. All right. We asked about Fergus. (laughs) 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 We had to know all about Fergus the pig, and uh, let's just find out how uh, he's doing today uh, from our last (laughs) get-together.
1: He's doing good. He loves the sun right now it's very hot outside he
0: likes to tan is he a oh tan? Yeah.
1: yeah oh yeah he always lays out on his side and <laughs> he he loves it and when it gets hot like in the summer i always like sprinkle him with the hose he loves that so much <laughs> all right if
0: you don't know who fergus is uh you're going to have to listen to the first part uh very important piece of this whole puzzle here uh listen to part one and then come back and pick up on this stuff here so listen so while you were the reigning champ you started to unwind a bit or come apart a bit and mm-hmm. my understanding is it wasn't due to uh, at this point you were in second position you were no longer the world champion but you held it twice back to back but it was following that that things started to unwind and my understanding is it wasn't because you weren't the world champion anymore what's going on
1: you know it was also sixth grade first year of middle school so that had a big <laughs> contribution you know going through puberty dealing with hormones and emotions. You know, so that was like a big factor of it as well. Starting to focus in on like trying to be in a like friend group, try and like maintain like social status, just like stupid crap. Like I don't know, so that kind of stressed me out. And then I wasn't podiuming as much, and it was starting to affect me. And you know, I, I'd I'd get bullied occasionally. Like um, I used to be like so insecure for some reason. Like I used to think I was like so ugly for some reason so that really affects me I don't think that at all anymore but (laughs) no reason
0: to think that either yeah like I
1: just I just I don't know why I first I don't even know I had really bad acne too I was like I was a little emo I wore a lot of uh, a lot of black and I wore eyeliner um so (laughs) so you know (laughs) I was a little I was a little out there you were doing your thing i you was were, doing my thing you're, you're, trying, you're trying to find
0: yourself but who would bully you i mean you um i mean it was
1: a big part of it was me you know kind of my friends i honestly kind of forgot what it was about because <sighs> i just like forget about all the bullshit <laughs> but random stuff i don't even what? know i remember they would like bully pictures of me they're like her hit looks weird in this i'm like it was a picture of me from when i was like 11 or 10 i was like <clears throat> i'm like what (laughs) just like weird weird stuff and there was like an app called kick and everyone would like it's like where you can ask anonymous questions like they would be like kill yourself (laughs) like just just terrible terrible things i was like that's
0: some of the really downside of social media that, that 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 influence negatively uh, kids at your age.
1: I hate social media and technology. <laughs> well, I can understand your <laughs> I can understand all of that. As, as, yeah, as, I want a flip phone. <laughs> <You> know, honestly. <laughs> that's
0: unusual. Let's just take a minute. That's unusual for a, 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 a lady your age here. You're 18 years old. You're a product of the technology revolution and yeah. certainly social media. Why do you hate it so much?
1: It stresses me out. And there's like, of course, I like I like to look at memes. I will I will admit that. But just like, I don't like seeing everyone else's Crap all the time, talking about like I don't know, there's so much drama and talking about like how skinny they are or something. Like there's just like all all that, all that crap. And there's a lot of bullying that goes on. And plus also you can post stuff that's like regrettable. Like I've definitely gone through phases of my life where I've posted some like emo stuff and I'm like, wow, that's way out of pocket. (laughs) Like (laughs) As Snoop Dogg says, "Way out of pocket way for that shit. Pocket, <laughs> way right. out of pocket. <laughs> like I, I don't even know. It's just like I definitely feel like I should not have Instagram as an 11-year-old or anyone should. <laughs> yeah,
0: they, I don't know. <laughs> don't, you know, when you're that young, you don't really know what you're doing and the, yeah. you know, the impact it's having and what the consequences can mm-hmm. be. Yeah, uh, but it's common. It's a common thing. So yeah. where, where are you t- today with it? You still hate it and still don't dig it?
1: Yeah, I still don't really like it. Like something." Like, I bought a hiking backpack. Like, I want to go on a hiking ship and just, like, buy a flip phone and, like, stay out there for three weeks, have a flip phone and a nice camera and just, like, be fine. Well, Like, I just need to escape. And, like, if I'm, like, really stressed out one day or if someone's, like, being mean to me online, just, like, put it aside and then have a phone where I can call, like, my main people. And talk to them. Well,
0: you talk about uh, you know, going out somewhere and getting lost, uh, and you, you did do that, I want to. We're going to get to there too. But uh, <laughs> interesting, you, you mentioned that. But so you're having. We'll, we'll get to that. So uh, trouble with friends. Having lots of trouble with friends yeah. too. So you. So there was there was mean girl stuff kicking in. There was cyber bullying going on. Yeah. Um, but there were also trouble with your friends too. Yeah. I assume that the cyber bullying and the mean girl stuff wasn't necessarily from your friends, but from other. You know external sources but now there's trouble with friends uh uh-huh. what's going on
1: i remember in the past like this is kind of something weird to talk about but i grew up in westlake westlake schools so it's like a very preppy um conservative school i did not fit in at all and my friend group was a kind of popular but like i wasn't myself i'd always try to be like all of them at once and because i just i just didn't respect myself and i don't know i just wanted to be like oh i'm on i want to be with the pretty girls you know like this is this is this is where i should be and you know they never really invited me to anything like i was just always like that that other girl you know i think
0: there was jealousy because you were such a great athlete
1: honestly not really no they'd like want to maybe come on my boat you know just for that but it was just weird and I was and no one really thought I was like pretty in that group like going to school like I think that's what really like messed me up is like I just thought I was like the ugly friend in the group that no one really liked and I had to try and be like everyone else there and it was really it was really hard on me but then I started hanging out with kids from a different school in middle school And they all thought I was pretty. (laughs) So a lot of the girls didn't really like me because I was one of the first girls to go through puberty. Well, you couldn't win either way here. uh, Yeah. So they were like hating on me because a lot of the dudes like me. But they didn't didn't even know. They're like, whoa, she kind of has a boob. Oh, my God. I like her. (laughs) Like, you know, (laughs) it's just stupid, stupid shit. Like, so like a lot of girls didn't like me for that. And I was overwhelmed. I was like, no one's ever liked me. So I didn't really know how to handle that. Like. I didn't even know what I liked. Like it was just pff, stupid, stupid crap.
0: So somewhere inside of you, 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 you there was a, 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 as you put it, some self hatred. It, mm-hmm. it led into self harm. Um, mm-hmm. What was the first episode of self harm?
1: Another reason why kids shouldn't have Instagram. I saw self harm on Instagram, and I was like, oh, this seems to help these people with their depression. i to try it. Tried it. Felt so good. <laughs> it's such a such a release. I'm not recommending it at all <laughs> but it, it is a big release and and not a good one have not done it in a while <laughs>
0: but I want, you, I want you to repeat that what was the release
1: the release so it's just like you have so so much pent up like emotional pain that you just like don't know what to do with it like i'd always like to scream in a pillow too like that was a good release and like break bottles and stuff um just the feeling of releasing something and just like all that pain would come out in once and like and then just, like, watching, like, the blood or whatever you're doing just trickle down it was just, like, really relaxing for me for some reason. Very and, interesting. And I'll, I know, like, a lot of people I've talked to, like, I know lots of other people I've struggled with self-harm and all that all agree, like, it, it feels good. <laughs> like, there's been times where... I struggled with it when I was older, and it just—I wouldn't even be sad. I just do it because it feels good.
0: All right, so this is something that uh, myself and most people cannot relate to and don't understand. So Mm -hmm. let's just take a second on this, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. What state of mind is one in when they cut themselves, they see blood, and they actually feel relief from that? What What are you feeling to to do that? And then how do you get the subsequent good feeling from it?
1: Um so I feel like going into it like I would do it when I feel like I just don't know how to express how I feel. I don't know how to talk about it with someone. I don't know how to fix it. It's just like be so pent pin- up. I'm like I don't really want to like have a meltdown and cry like this will this will just make me feel better right afterwards. And and I I would just do it and just like all the pain would just like go towards it and like and so you'd focus your pain on the physical pain or I mean you focus your mind on the physical pain instead of the mental pain and it would still last throughout after you cut it like when you take a shower it stings in the shower you think about that instead of like maybe if you have body dysmorphia looking down at your own body and feeling insecure just like it's just something to focus on other than what's really going around other than your own problems.
0: Okay, so once again, you'll pardon my ignorance here. Um, That's fine. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, so listening to music, ne- euphoria, you might get from listening to music at yeah. this time is not the same. It's n- not going to work like cutting yourself. It's almost like you get to carry the cut with you wherever you go. It's there, you feel it, you see it, mm-hmm. and you're getting some sort of uh, uh, reward yeah. from... Uh, from it uh, while you're in the shower or walking around whatever the case may be whereas maybe listening to music is is momentary once that song's over it's over mm.
1: i guess so you could listen to music the whole day if you wanted to so but <laughs> it would
0: have to be a whole day thing
1: i mean i want to say that like i'll have like emotional spurts where i will feel really crappy once then i'll feel a little bit better later like it's not really a whole day thing It just depends on the day, I guess. I don't really know. Okay. All right.
0: Yeah. These are things that take a lifetime to figure out, I think. You know? Yeah.
1: And like everyone does it for their own reason. Honestly, some people do it for attention. But I'm not trying to say that in like a mean way. But like... Some people do, and there has been times in the past, like, I'll post a picture of it when I was in, like, sixth grade. That was definitely, like, attention whore stuff. But <laughs> I'm not doing it all for that. And what like,
0: would you post? Give me an example of a picture. Like, I'd have,
1: like, a spam account, and I'd be, like... A what account? A spam account. It's where, like, you only have, like, uh, certain people follow it, and then you have a main Instagram account, like, that I use for wake surfing and stuff, and I'd be, like, I'm so depressed. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, blah, 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 all that crap. Like, <laughs> and you would show a cut. For example, oh yeah, and, uh, not, I, don't, I don't like cuts. talking about this, but it's <laughs> a little, it's a little embarrassing. But that was I was eleven, twelve, so. No,
0: I, I I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just gonna once again support that the fact that you're talking about this takes <laughs> tremendous courage, and I think you're a really courageous young lady, and I think sharing this, you know, you've, you've recovered. We're gonna get to recovery, but uh, and recovery is an ongoing thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're sharing this, and this is not easy to do, and. The opportunity to help so many people with this problem at a young age, it's here right now with you. And, again, I'm just going to say thanks mm-hmm. once again for sharing all this tough stuff. You're in a deep state of depression during this time, obviously, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's it that, that feel like?
1: Uh, I don't even know. I've, like, had so many different, like, different types of depression phases throughout my life. It's, like, kind of weird. Like, I'll go through, like, an eating depression. I'll just, like, gain a bunch of weight. And that'll make me, like, more insecure, more sad, more lethargic, more tired, more unmotivated. There'll be times where I just don't eat. And then I'll feel weak. And I'll feel weird. Like, I just feel like I can't eat. Just, like, weird stuff. Or, like, I'll isolate myself. Or, I don't know. But it just always feels like it feels like you want to go, like, go out with your friends and do this fun thing, but then there's something in your brain telling you, no, like, you have to feel this way in this situation, and it's kind of, it's weird, but, like, over time, when I get depressed now, it's, like, it's a lot, it's a lot different, and, like, I know it's, like,
0: well, you're going to describe it in a bit. Yeah yeah, 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 sorry, sorry. I always get ahead of myself. <laughs> no, no, that's good, that's good. Just... I'm letting you run in some places, but other ones I want to hold you back a yeah, little yeah, bit because I want to really get into that too. So it's about this time, or uh, right about this time, you're getting suicidal thoughts too.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, that part. All right. uh, what, what's a,
0: Again, you'll pardon me. Um, I really want to know, the audience really wants to know, for those of us who don't know what that feels like,
1: what's that like? It's really interesting, like, I guess I've always, since I was a little girl, have had a fascination with death and also life. You know, they're both... You need one to have the other, you know? I would just be fascinated by, like, w- what does it feel like? Where does it go? It, it'd give me an adrenaline rush to think about it or to get close to it. Like, there's other ways, healthier ways to do this. You know, go skydiving. Like, do 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 something, do something like rock climbing. Like, something cool like that. But... It's it's really it's it's really hard to explain like if you're not in the mind of it but it's just it's a sense of peace that blackness, you know. Everything is like non-existent like when when I, when I was in 6th grade I did try to hang myself in my closet with belts and um I blacked out while it was around my neck and um, I woke up on the floor probably about like 15 minutes later, and it, it had broken while while I was in it. And I was like, whoa, did I just <laughs> almost die? But it was just, I was like completely black, nothingness. couple questions.
0: First off, um, as you were going to hang yourself in the closet, what are you thinking and feeling?
1: Honestly, I was just really curious. So it's more just curiosity to see if there
0: was something on the other side? Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: honestly, in that moment, yeah. I've definitely, like, gotten a little suicidal in, like, other moments where it's, like, for different reasons, but I was very curious.
0: So, it was curiosity that was driving you to see what there might be, not necessarily yeah. the deep, doomed sense of depression.
1: Yeah. And I didn't really know what would happen. I was just, like, huh, I kind of want to see what. <laughs> Did you of have course, a... I was depressed, but, you know, I was, like. <laughs> yeah, at the time, I was just, like, nothingness, all the stress. All the all the drama, all the bullying, all the pain, just, like, kind of uh, be at bay. Did you away.
0: really think there would be something on the other side when you were walking into the closet?
1: I really didn't know what to think, honestly. I remember that day. I remember my, mo- my parents took away my phone that day. <laughs> like, it was just a crappy day. I, c- I remember I really needed to listen to music, and I couldn't, and it was just...
0: So no doubt your parents are completely freaked out. When this happens.
1: Oh, yeah. And, like, they didn't know what happened till we got to the ER. So, the reason why they had taken me is because they thought I was having an allergic reaction. All the blood vessels in my face popped. So, my face was completely purple. I looked... Yeah, I looked like I'd been strangled and died. I looked like a corpse. <laughs>
0: yeah, I didn't even I didn't even really go there. Let's let's go there. So you're you blackout, you wake up yourself fifteen minutes or so later. Yeah. Alone. Alone. So how yeah, how does the connection happen with mom and dad now?
1: I I remember I just like laid in bed and my dad came in. They're like Naturally
0: they're, just walked in at some point.
1: Yeah, they just walked in, they're like, Your face is turning purple like you're having you might be having an allergic reaction to the medication because not too long ago before that i was taking lamictal and there's one deadly side effect which is the Steven johnson's rash very rare i got it <laughs> so i had to go for the hospital for that and um so they thought i was just having another reaction but once i got there they're like clearly something was around your neck they're like obviously <laughs> that happened so that was a big shock to my parents, they did not expect that. <laughs>
0: How old are you at this time? I think I was twelve. Twelve years old. Okay. No amount of the power that we talked about earlier, of being on the podium and competing, and that that great sense of achievement, was enough to keep you from wanting to find out what was on the other side. Yeah. I mean, you knew you were. You knew you must have known that you were. You were moving in to take your life, right?
1: I guess I was like kind of young. I was <laughs> just like. I'm going to try this. I still don't even think about it as, like, that big of a deal now. <laughs>
0: well, the way you're describing it almost doesn't sound like a traditional suicide. It sounds yeah. like just a young girl who didn't have any idea what she was doing and thought there might be something cool out there. Yeah. And just went and tried it out.
1: Dude, but it did make my head feel really good. Like, when I was <laughs> when I was doing it, I was like, this is so relaxing. I'm like, I feel all right. When were you <laughs>
0: feeling that feeling?
1: As I was... In the news, like first starting to like have put my dead weight on it
0: as you were passing out. Yes. Uh huh.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, this feels really good, and, and I then, was like, maybe I should get out of this. Blacks out.
0: All right. So this, <laughs> this is a, a nutty question. I'm just curious. Uh, on occasion, you know, I have to go under anesthesia, mm-hmm. and a product they use on me is called propofol. Mm-hmm. And when you're under propofol, what's weird about propofol is when you finally come out. Mm-hmm. You wake up, you just wake up, and mm-hmm. you realize that the time, between the time you went down and the time you wake up, you're dead. It's just black. There's no yeah, dreaming. Yeah. There's no color. There's, there's nothing. No nothing. It's just black. It's yeah. And when, every time I wake up from it, I feel a little unnerved from it. And like, geez, this is, must be what it's like to just be dead. There's just no it's consciousness. Really not. Is that what you went through? Same thing? Was there any color, dreaming, anything when you Absolutely
1: out? nothing. And I've died also again. It's just black. No thoughts. You can't even think for yourself. You can't understand what's going on around you. It's just blackness.
0: Very interesting.
1: Yes, but I knew I wasn't ready to die.
0: You know, there's a very, very famous. Well, okay, what? No, let's back. <laughs> you got me. I've s- oh, <laughs> <I just laughs> you got me.
1: Wanna talk <laughs> <laughs> you want, want to move on from this? No, we. I want to. I want to get everything in. Okay. I really do. I really right. do. You
0: it's- knew you didn't want to die. When? When did you know you didn't want to die? Always or? I
1: guess, like, in the back of my mind, I did. I didn't know it at the time. I know that now, but I feel like it was definitely in the back of my mind that I had, like, that I wanted to live. Like, I feel like, I don't know. Like, everyone kind of has that, even if they're going through, like, a dark spot.
0: We talked about uh, just young and sort of naive and maybe ignorant about suicide and dying. And so Mm -hmm. there was curiosity that drove you Mm -hmm. to do it. But there's also, I'm hearing, a part of you that's saying, I didn't want to die. So some part of you must have known what you were doing. I'm asking, I'm not telling you. I'm I'm wondering. Well, yeah. I mean But any part of you want to check out of life, to check out to just Oh yeah, there
1: have definitely been times where I get so overwhelmed I'm like I'm I'm done. What about that day?
0: What about that day?
1: That day like In the closet. In the closet. I honestly re- recalling not being as upset as I usually could have been. It was really strange. And I'm being, like, dead honest. Yeah. Like, I don't like to, like, make up stuff. Like, I know it's not, like, a real, like, I really wanted to fucking kill myself, like, that type of day. But I'm just being honest. Like, there have been days where I do feel like that. But there's, like, this is what happened.
0: So, look, at these things are journeys, right? And Yeah. It's still it's still, you're still young. You're an adult, but you're still young. And and Mm -hmm. as time goes on, these things become clearer and you figure them out. Sometimes, as I say, it's a journey. It takes a lifetime to figure out some of the things we've done. So I appreciate you letting me drill really Mm -hmm. deep into that. Thanks so much. That could not have been easy. Uh, You handled it like a pro. Um, Was that the first hospitalization that we're talking about? Or was there another hospitalization where you were around older people? Um, Um, What's that story?
1: So before I... Like, Group sessions, stuff like before that. Before I tried to kind of hang myself, I remember I went to Austin Oaks and it was before all that. I was 11. I got put with co-ed 18, up to 18. What's Austin Oaks? Like one of the crappiest mental hospitals ever. <laughs> no, I, oh, oh, they put everyone on the same two meds and like they really messed me up. Like and I met so many people there. I loved all of them. I respected them, but I did get exposed to lots of new things. I remember like my good friend there, like he was like a big big teddy bears this bigger hispanic guy and he showed up there in a cop car and he was telling me how he's like been stabbed and how rough his life has been but he was so kind to me and dang i'm starting to cheer up i missed him (laughs) it's okay (laughs) i don't know they're just i did get exposed to lots of stuff though but it really opened up my eyes being there honestly to see like other kids going through this stuff they're all different ages you know
0: i i heard that uh you came out of there with a whole new lingo.
1: Yeah. From Probably. trouble, from trouble teens like Probably. you. Yeah,
0: that, that had real hardcore issues. I oh, mean, yeah. Were they bigger than yours? I mean, what are your oh, issues yeah. at this point? Why are you there?
1: Obviously. Well, I was there. I was, honestly, I feel like a big part of it was I was going through puberty <laughs> and I was like kind of depressed, you know? Like, I definitely like grew out of that. Like, I just, um, I was very insecure, I was very sad, I was insecure about the surfing, I was insecure about going to school and myself, um, like maintaining friendships, how I interact with people, just like things like that. Like but they they were they've like dealt with abusive homes, you know. Much worse. Much, much, much worse, you know, and it's just like dang, my problems are stupid. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> well, you bring up
0: a really interesting point, if you don't mind, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you. Mm-hmm. Um It's a horrifying thing to grow up in an abusive home and to have to deal with that your whole life and sort that out. These people, though, as rough as that road is, um, were managing surviving it. Would Mm -hmm. you agree? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, But your road, which wasn't uh, an abusive household, Mm -hmm. brought you to the closet. What do you think the difference is? I mean, yours wasn't that road. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as hard a road, but yet it took you to the closet. And here you met these other people with super hardcore problems, mm-hmm. you know, home, super abuse, stuff like that. But, but they weren't thinking, some of them, many of them weren't thinking suicide or, t- or to test it, mm-hmm. to find out what might be on the other side. Any idea what the difference is between those two experiences and how one <sighs> leads one one way and how one leads one the other way?
1: I feel like everyone has their own problems yes, they're all different situations. I feel like everyone's is valid in my opinion. I mean, I don't know. It's just all in perspective and like growing like those, a lot of those kids are obviously a lot tougher than I was. I was very babied as I was growing up. Like my mom, my parents did everything for me. I was an only child, so I, I was their main attention. So I was just used to having everything work out, everything be handed to me. But those people are so incredibly resilient and tough like they can handle most anything like like i can't even wrap my brain around like they're always just know how to handle their shit and be calm and collective about it like I don't know, just experience.
0: It's a second really in a way it's a second group of people that you spent your life with the first being the world class crowd and the friends you made there and then you made a whole new group of friends in this in this other scene mm-hmm. with whom you're also deeply bonded with and have friendships today right mm-hmm. Yeah jumping forward to today for a minute cuz we're mm-hmm. we're talking yeah, quite yeah. a few <laughs> just jumping forward do you all support each other
1: right now? Do you oh st- yeah, still work For with sure. each other and help each other For carry sure. each-
0: and make sure someone doesn't fall back.
1: Yeah, I always check in with my friends. Like I've made so many hospital friends. Like. <laughs> We're hospital friends. Hospital friends. <laughs> and I went to a wilderness therapy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well,
0: like, I'll get uh, into that, but I keep uh, in touch gonna, with all of them. <laughs> but we always
1: we FaceTime, we call each other. Some live here and uh, we still hang out. Like, you know, we always look out for each other. I'm like, well, how are you doing with this and doing with that? And like, please let me know if you ever feel like you're going to self harm or going to use drugs. Like, I want to try and be there for you. Like,
0: that's really cool. So y- you have a net. Yeah. All of you have a net with each other. Yeah. How many people are in this net, this group, that support? I
1: don't, I don't even know. I don't have any friend friend groups, per se. I have lots of friends from different groups, so they don't really know each other. But I do have lots of people like I can reach out to if I, I need anything.
0: And, and in a way, this crowd is sort of emergency response. So you might not know someone, but someone might know all of the group who's got these sort of same problems. Mm-hmm. And if you need help, they show up. Mm -hmm. you don't really i don't
1: i don't expect them to or anything you know like that's definitely not their need but like if i usually don't ask them for help like they will they will like reach out to me asking if i need anything which is really appreciative because i tend to get a little anxious asking for help because i don't want to seem needy or anything like that like it's it's just really nice you know
0: all right so after this attempt here and after some of this hospitalization your parents are working with psychiatrists in you now right (laughs) and you're doing this as a family and 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 how often a family thing and how often are you doing it
1: i did so much therapy so i saw a personal therapist and i did like dbt therapy with her like three times a week what is that specific for self-harm okay and um i had a family therapist and a psychiatrist Dude, it's so hard to find a good therapist. I don't have a therapist. I haven't had one in years because they all s- <laughs> honestly kind of suck. I just have friends that are my therapists. But, um, man, um, I did like one of my therapists, my family therapist, Beth. She was awesome. I still like keep in touch with her sometimes. But Tell
0: me why it's hard to find a good therapist. What's the issue? Well,
1: for me personally, like I was young, so I couldn't really control what medications to put me on or where I went. I don't believe in medications. We're gonna get there too. Sorry, 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 <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, it had no apologies. But it, it. Okay. Is I it
0: connecting with them that's hard? Is it?
1: Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to connect, and so I mean, there is an age difference, and also like with like it's a newer generation. Like all of the problems now are like still valid, but very different, very different. Um, so it's just kind of hard to connect with that, and it's also kind of hard because. If you're seeing a therapist as a kid, you know, your parents and your therapist have total control on what's going to happen because of what you say to them. Like, if you say one thing to them, they might have to, like, send you to a residential home Also, for you're underage at this point. You're I'm not a, yeah, yeah. I, like, have no control of my yeah. freedom whatsoever. And it, it really takes away more and more of your freedom the more honest you are with your feelings. If you're feeling depressed or, like, you're going to self-harm, it just... So it makes you not want to say how you feel because you're like, oh, they're going to take away my phone, not going to be able to see my friends, I'm going to get sent to a hospital again, and then I'm going to get put on all this type of crap, and I'm going to feel worse.
0: You said something really fascinating. I never would have thought of um, that. You know, part of trying to find the right one is their ability to relate to you. Mm -hmm. And if you're getting someone from my generation that doesn't understand fully. Uh, the millennial generation and you're actually you're an, I think an ex an generation I think you're the next crowd after that the language is different mm-hmm. uh, I express yourself as different it's not that we can't communicate but you're living in an entirely different world than the one we grew up in did you find that disconnect
1: yeah I, I did a little bit like with my issues with social media and stuff telling them about that like why did I they're like why did you send them us on snapchat and I'm like well why not like they just want to understand that I've always kind of considered myself to be an old soul. So I did like also relate a lot. Like my family therapist was like a cute, really old lady and I love her, but we'd always like bond over like all kinds of stuff. Like, but like, and for some, yeah, it's just hard. It's hard. It's, it's, it is hard to connect, but I still feel like there's some understanding, but not completely.
0: So they started putting you on meds. They did this pretty quick to give you some relief, but you had a major reaction to the meds. Oh yeah. All right. What happened?
1: I've I've had so many different reactions like the one I was talking about earlier when I was taking the lamental I got the Stephen Johnson's r- Johnson's rash which is a deadly rash and if it uh, gets in your eyes you could go blind and it started to get on my face and they had to like stick a needle in my butt <laughs> and so I, I wouldn't go blind like that's ridiculous I've like gained 20 30 pounds 20 25 to 30 pounds um on medications got super skinny on them been super anxious super lethargic always sleeping um certain meds will make me nauseous i'll just be puking all the time just like or they make me irritable make me feel like a zombie like it just changes all the time and it changes the the chemistry in your brain so then the withdrawals are just a, they're worse honestly than getting off of it's worse than being on it like and it's a long it's a long process and i've been misdiagnosed a bunch so they keep on changing the meds and they wouldn't know what was up with me.
0: This sounds like a, a nightmare.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's awful. <laughs> so
0: you're having a hard enough time just being you. Now they put you on some stuff that's not working at all, and it oh, takes yeah. you way out, way outside of being you. Mm-hmm.
1: And I knew as a kid growing up that I didn't believe in medications like at all. I always knew that, so it was just like really upsetting to like having to having to take them. I'd always try and cheek the pills. My parents would always have to watch me swallow it. Like it was it's just like I didn't get to choose what I got to put in my body. And that was really hard for me.
0: And when you say cheek to pill, do you mean hide it? So you didn't yeah, have to swallow you put it in it? your cheek, yeah, it under yeah. your tongue. <laughs> yeah, for those of you who've seen one flew over the cuckoo's nest, that's a Jack Nicholson scene. Um, uh, Raleigh doesn't know who Jack Nicholson is. Of course is. I know yeah, who Jack does. Nicholson is. <laughs> she does. The Shining
1: is one of my favorite movies. Okay, good,
0: good. Well, you get to see The Cuckoo's Nest because he... he uh, I actually haven't seen that. That's yeah, so a great one. It's good to a know. really phenomenal one. Um, all right, listen. We're going to we're gonna wind down this one right here. We're going to get into part three next. And uh, Raleigh, want to say thanks again for showing up and doing this with me. And uh, Crazy story, man. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate you sharing like this with us. And uh, let's get ready for... Let's take a break and get ready for part three, okay?
1: All right. All right.